Alright everybody, we're back. It's avoiding the puddle. My name is Eris, and I'm here as usual with the lovely MYK. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm good. What's up, Eris? It's going great, man. I've been on a little bit of a vacation from the usual vacation that I'm on. Uh, you know, <laughs> just chilling, you know, hanging out at home. But um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Before we get into anything, I want to let everyone know that today's guest is the legend, Thomas Hilfiger. And in case you don't know, in case you're some kind of a Tekken, like you just started yesterday, Thomas Hilfiger is one of the best Tekken players of all time, and he is actually the best Tekken 4 player of all time, as far as I know. Uh, the word on the street is that when he was playing Tekken 4, and he of course played uh, Nina in that game, he traveled to Korea, and he ended up whooping on everyone in Korea. There is a possibility that one dude, I think... I don't remember who it was, but one guy... He, he said the guy that gave him the most trouble was Holman back then. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay, but as far as I know, he was either first or second in the whole world at that game. And I don't think that's ever happened in any t other Tekken. So, it is kind of arguable that that is not really Tekken. Some people may say that that's a, you know, shitty game. But regardless, I've had endless arguments with that guy about whether or not Tekken 4 is good. And, you know, he's going to be on the show later, so we can have these arguments, uh, you know, in front of everyone, so everyone can hear the wisdom of uh, <laughs> Thomas Hilfiger. So he's going to be on later, and I'm very excited about that. But before we get to that, we have a couple things we wanted to talk about. Um, first of which being the new trailer for Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Uh, it's very shiny, lots of lights, lots of crazy tag throws, and a lot of new information. It's almost um, it's kind of the first time we've seen a, a polished version of this game. What did you think of the trailer, Mike? Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, the graphics were definitely like upgraded and stuff, but uh, I don't know about that new Heiachi mustache. But... <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, when you go back and look at it, uh, at the history of Heihachi... He looks so serious, and, you know, it just doesn't seem like it fits him. He, he seems like a goofball now. I was like, hey, go, no, Miguel's jumping up at me. I, you know, tear, and a sweat drop dropping down my head. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, It seems like they're going, almost like they're going in a more of a cartoony kind of direction with yeah. the character design. And that's kind of how it was in Tekken 4. Like, in Tekken Tag, everything looked very serious, and, you know, all the characters looked very grown up. But then when he went to Tekken 4, it kind of had a little bit of a midget type of uh, <laughs> character design. Like, they just looked shorter, and I don't know. There was just something about that game, the, the design of that game, that looked a little bit more uh, cartoony. And then when Tekken 5 came out, it was much more serious again. So maybe they're going in that direction again, which I personally don't like. I like, uh, you know, the Tekken to be as serious as possible. Uh, for example, you know when Tekken BR came out, and everyone had been playing it for a while, and I went to the arcade and saw it for the first time. Oh, uh, yeah, um, you were disgusted, you were outraged. <laughs> yeah, I saw really Alisa. at Elisa, like handing you her head and shooting her arms across the room and growing chainsaws out of her hands. I was like, you know, what the fuck is this, dude? You know, it's like, it's just too ridiculous for Tekken. And, of course, I, I you know, I got used to it, and I no longer have a problem with that, but... You know, it just, I, I hope... It just doesn't feel like Tekken, you know? Yeah, exactly. I just hope they don't go too far in the cartoony, not-so-serious direction, because a lot of these characters are very cool and very serious, you know? So, hopefully that works out. I mean, 
the mustache is a little bit fruity. Uh, he could use some assless chaps to go with it. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. uh, you know. Apparently when you get younger, you turn Mexican or something. <laughs> <laughs> turn Mexican and gay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, another thing that we all have to remember and keep repeating to ourselves is that this is a completely unfinished product. And everything will change. So, who knows? You, everything could change in the future, and there's no reason to heavily criticize the game based on an unfinished product. Because we're all very lucky that Namco has now decided to kind of share the game with us while yeah, it's being it's, developed. It's pretty crazy with this whole new Twitter age. It's like all these game developers are releasing like photos and things through their Twitter accounts, so... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I can tell you myself that back, uh, you know, a few years ago, that was absolutely not the case. I mean, even the slightest bit of information, like, for example, the, the existence of tag throws, the way we've seen them, like, okay, we obviously know that there are team-related tag throws. That kind of shit would have been under lock and key until, like, the day before the game came out. It was very, very, like, tightly kept secret, you know, character rosters, stuff like that. It was all, like, top secret shit, Area 51 and shit. You know? <laughs> so now, these days, the, the developers are very open, and that's a good thing. That's a great thing, because people can, you know, give... They're getting feedback at exactly. the same time, so... Exactly. So that's very good. I'm very pleased with that, and let's not abuse that privilege by saying, oh, you know, fuck this, fuck that, the game's yeah. gonna suck. You know, let's just be open-minded. Unless we're criticizing Heihachi's mustache, in which case, just feel free to uh, talk as much shit as you want. The other interesting thing in the Tag 2 trailer, because it was a very, uh, it was packed with information, a few minor things were the, 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 a few minor things were the Heihachi blocks mids and highs, and it looks like he blocks on different levels. Did you notice that, Mike? No, I wasn't paying attention to that. When, um, let's see, when Fang does forward campo, uh, 1 plus 2, 2, whatever that string is. Yeah, yeah, 1 plus 2, 1, 2, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, Heihachi blocks the first hit, and then he blocks the second hit, which is high, and his block animation goes up as though he's, like, moving his hands to block the certain height of the move, which is not present. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not present in the current... So they added a new little guard animation yeah. for, like, highs and mids, exactly. I guess. Exactly. Exactly, which it's kind of makes it look a little bit cooler, very subtle. I like stuff like that. Uh -huh. um, that's one thing that was uh, apparent in the video. And the other big thing is this mystery character that uh, everyone's talking about. Uh, it's a female kind of a luchador wrestler, and um, there was no name given, but a lot of these clever Tekken fans out there uh, noticed that she's wearing a medallion. And the yeah. medallion is the exact same medallion that Julia is wearing in Tekken 6. Um, so people are speculating. I mean, some people were saying she looks like Christy. But I was like, I don't understand what the fuck people are talking about. Christy is black. And this chick is not black. So yeah. I, I don't know about that. But the Julia speculation looks kind of legit. Um, I didn't notice it myself, but after looking at the medallion, either it's going to be Julia or Michelle or maybe it's some kind of related character or uh, yeah i mean i was thinking about it too i mean i didn't really think it was julia at first until people brought that up but i was thinking you know that, that could work i mean maybe they don't want julia and michelle to have the exact same moves if they be 
uh, if they bring back Michelle. So they just have Michelle with Tekken 6 Julia moves, and Julia has completely new moves or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it could be an excuse to bring back Michelle so that they can have both characters in the game with a different move, move list, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a completely new character that is in some way related to the Chang sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I have to say that this uh, luchador-style character design is played out like crazy. I mean, I almost yeah. feel like Tekken... You was, see it everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I almost feel like the, the Tekken team was like, well, we're the only guys that don't have that, and everyone else is cool, so let's just, <laughs> let's do it too, you know? And I, I know for a fact that um, the designers of the game are very creative, and it just seems that this design is not that creative. I mean, it yeah. looks a lot, to me at least, like El Blaze from uh, Virtual Fighter, and if you just think back in history... There are so many luchador-style wrestling characters. I mean, like, you know, there's, like, Armika from the Alpha series, and there's... Yeah, uh, we have El Fortini. And, yeah. you know, there's just so many that it's like, like come on, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's move forward. So you're 2011 already, so... <laughs> um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, we've seen very little of the character. She only does one tag throw and blocks a few things. Uh, from Marduk in the trailer, so uh, who knows? I'm 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 not gonna so quickly dismiss her as being a retarded character. So we'll see. Um, the trailer looked very good. The stages looked very cool. Um, and the that snow stage that they put up said that it was only for the trailer too. So that's pretty interesting. That yeah, they put up a stage that quickly. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Harada tweeted that um, it, that he kind of implied that the stage was only made for the Christmas trailer. And that yeah. stage wouldn't be in the actual game, but who knows? Maybe it's going to be a bonus or something. And uh, you know, we'll 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 see and find. It looks cool to me. The colors are very vibrant. Yeah. Um, just nice. in general, the colors of the trailer look much more vibrant than the colors in Tekken Six. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and it looks really nice. So we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm excited. It's definitely the type of trailer that I like to see, where there's a lot of information in it. On top of a new character, it's just like, wow, okay, cool, I like that shit. Um, so I, I'm very pleased with it, and uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, keep our eyes peeled to see what uh, what comes out in the near future. Um, and uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about um, is actually something that, you know, it's really like, a, it really grinds my gears, this, this specific topic. Because in the last, I think it was the last week... Um, they announced that Soul Calibur V is on the way, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm very um, bitter about that series, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that series in general, because there are a lot of reasons that I feel like that series has kind of gone down the drain that I don't really talk about very often, and I don't think are very common. Uh, it's not common knowledge to people. Uh, a lot of people think that Soul Calibur 3 sucked because it was broken and there was a lot of bugs and glitches and the balance was terrible. And so they're like dismissing that game. And then other people think that Soul Calibur 4 sucked because the balance was shitty. So there's actually a lot more to the reason why Soul Calibur 3 and 4 were not very good that I kind of wanted to talk about today. And I'm sure, see, the thing is that, uh, Mike, you... You started playing Tekken in the Tekken 5 uh, era, and yeah. I'm sure you missed, you don't even know why Soul Calibur is a good series. The, and they're, 
you have no clue. So players like you, who are legitimate players now and have uh, good experience, just think Soul Calibur as a series is shitty, and that's very unfortunate because you don't understand. Well, I've heard I've heard about the stories for Soul Calibur too, so I could kind of relate. But you know, I've only seen like Soul Calibur four, so. Yeah, exactly, and and there's a there is a big reason as to why Soul Calibur two was very good, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, the way it worked, the, t- the way the timeline worked is Tekken 4 came out in the arcades, then Tekken 4 came out in the console. And during that time, Soul Calibur 2 came out in the arcades. And because um, a lot of Tekken fans at that time were either disappointed or bored of Tekken 4, a yeah, lot of... It was, just so, uh, it was just such a drastic change from like the traditional Tekken. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. A lot of Tekken players were kind of uh, maybe a little more open-minded than they would have ever been in the history of Tekken. Just because they were like, oh, I don't know what direction the Tekken series is going in, and I like playing 3D fighting games. So a lot of Tekken players started playing Soul Calibur 2. And this is kind of where the, the point where I kind of jumped into the uh, competitive scene. And so to me, I had a very open mind, and I wasn't like a... You know, though I, I had played Tekken Tech for many years, I, I, I didn't have this, like, old man syndrome attitude, like, <laughs> willing to accept anything new. And let me tell you, Mike, during the Soul Calibur 2 era, the top five, if not ten, players in Southern California of Soul Calibur 2 were Tekken players. They were Tekken players that decided to play Soul Calibur, enjoyed the game, and they, they just were playing it hardcore. If you look at Soul Calibur 3 and Soul Calibur 4, that is not the case. Not only in Southern California, but in most of the country. And the biggest reason for that, I believe, is what they did in Soul Calibur 3 is they made it so that you, they restrict your movement by giving you 8-way run, sidestep, and backdash ca- uh, counter hits. So what oh, it does wow. is if you're moving backwards, for example... What will happen is, if they hit you while you're moving backwards, because you can't move and block at the same time, like you can in Tekken. Because mm-hmm. in Tekken, if you hit back-back, you move backwards and you're blocking the whole time. But in Soul Calibur, there's a guard button. So if you're moving, you're not blocking. And if you get hit while you're moving, there's a different property for every 8-way run counter. So let's say, um, I'm not going to use a Soul Calibur move because a lot of people listening don't, uh, don't know them. But yeah. let's say... Um, Steve's back one or something, right? If that hit during a backdash, it was full combo. <laughs> As a counter hit. And some moves even did that same thing during a, a sidestep. So what the Soul Calibur team is telling us is that we don't want you to move. We just want you to stand in front of each other and GI each other randomly and, and just swing at each other with mids and, and, and stuff like that. So that's one reason why the Tekken community kind of uh, left that game behind because everyone loves movement. Even Street Fighter players love footsies and love spacing and movement. So why would a fighting game restrict you from moving? Punish you for trying to move. And not only punish you, so severely. How are you going to get a counter hit for movement? That doesn't even make any sense. It's like, why is the word even called a a counter hit? Well, I mean, they're countering your eight-way run, but give me a fucking break. You know, I mean... It's, it's preposterous to me why they would punish you so hard for moving. Now, the thing is, in Soul Calibur 2, um, and this is before they implemented this, 
they existed in some way. Eight-way run counters did exist, but they were very minor. Like, if you hit someone backdashing in Soul Calibur 2, it would do, like, maybe plus 8% damage, but there was never going to be a counter hit um, bonus stun or anything. It was just plus 8% damage, and you're never going to get a combo. You're never going to get a standard counter hit, uh, you know, stun in any way. You know, so... That's why it wasn't that big of a deal. Fine, I'm moving around and you hit me, okay, I'll give you plus 8% damage. But in Soul Calibur 3, and then this carried on to Soul Calibur 4, it was just like, it, it didn't make sense why they would do that. And that's just one reason. Another major reason why the Soul Calibur series has begun to be not accepted by the Tekken community is because in Soul Calibur 2, let's say you had a character like Yoshi, right? Uh-huh. If you did a single A, which is the equivalent of a jab in Tekken, you would get, instead of getting the damage of an AA or a 1-2, you get the frame advantage of a single A or a single jab, which is kind of how it works in Tekken. But what they did in Soul Calibur 3 is they made the AA do more damage and give more frame advantage. Same with BB. So you would do a, a, a single B would give you less damage and less frame advantage. So what the game became was just people doing BB, BB, AA, oh, he's sidestepping, AA, and it was like totally like a mashing game. Like it was like so simplified, like he's ducking, but I don't want to do a launcher because, you know, it's too much risk. So let me just do BB. Oh, and now I I hit with BB and he ducked. And so I'm I'm at plus five, let me do BB again. You know, it's like, (laughs) come on. It, yeah. Characters like um, Sassalamel or Sofitia in Soul Calibur 3 were just so boring and retarded because all you had to do was just think, is this guy going to sidestep? Is this guy going to duck? Yeah, and then, the, and then during this time, too, it wasn't like the whole internet thing. So when they finally did patch it, it was only for arcade version, and that never reached consoles again. So Exactly. I mean, how? Well, that's, that's a whole other story. I mean, uh, you know... That's, that has to do with the game needing to be b- balanced. Mm-hmm. But this is like a fundamental structural change in the fighting game's core mechanics that changes it completely. And obviously, it deterred all of the Tekken players. I mean, obviously not all of them. There were several Tekken slash Soul Calibur players that stuck with it. But you can't just be, as the Soul Calibur team, you can't just be going for the Soul Calibur fans. You have to go for the Tekken fans as well, like you did with um, Soul Calibur 2. You know, so... Okay, so explain explain to me, like, why Soul Calibur 2 was so much better than these other Soul Caliburs. All right, definitely I will. The reason Soul Calibur 2 was so much better than Soul Calibur 3 and 4 was f- for a few specific reasons. First of which being, the game was extremely balanced. As in, the worst characters in the game, which were, if I recall correctly, Raphael and Yunsung, were very playable. And you would see some really um, good Yunsung players beating some really good, let's say, uh, Shanghua players, which is arguably the best character in that game. So, the game was balanced and very playable. You could pick any character and succeed with that character. So what that did is it made the game very fun. You know, people had hope and there was no... There was no issues with uh, balance in the game. S- uh, secondarily, the game uh, functioned uh, 
in a very, very Tekken way as far as pokes go. Because you have, like I said earlier, you have a single A, which gives you frame advantage, and even on block, it's something that you can continue attacking with. And it's very uh, relatable to Tekken mm-hmm. in the sense of a standard jab. Yeah, you just do a standard jab to open up your offense. I mean, it, people who played Tekken who went over to Soul Calibur really felt like they can apply very similar um, mind games and offense and even defense in that game. So that's one reason. Another really interesting reason why Soul Calibur 2 was, in my opinion, the best Soul Calibur is, has nothing to do with Namco's ability to make a fighting game. In fact, they got very lucky that all of the um, bugs that were discovered in that game were actually... Um, skilled. They, not only skilled, but they were like not too broken. They kind of they altered the game and created mind games, but they didn't ruin the game in any way. It's almost like role canceling in CVS 2. At first, a lot of people were like, oh my god, this is fucked up, you know, like, I GI someone and do an attack afterwards, and they can just block it, you know, and and even to the end, that was a major debate, but it was a semi-just frame, it was something that you had to time, and the game lived on so long after that, and was so popular, that it's almost um, undeniable that that was a good thing for the game. It made the game, imagine if Tekken 6... It's already like a few years old right now. Imagine if something gets discovered that's system-wide, that is a huge part of the game, but then it revitalizes the community, and it makes, like, Tekken 6 popular again. That's kind of what it was. So that game got kind of a, like, a second wind, and it, it became popular again, and it was at another Evo because of that. And it was played for another year and a half or so because of that. So... That's another reason why the game was very popular. The bugs ended up helping that game, which is really weird, but um, it, it's the case. It's how it was. And, you know, even even after the game was out on console for such a long time, we were still pulling, like, 32-man tournaments, and they were, like, bi-weeklies. It was just very popular in general. There was a lot of uh, depth to that game. There was a lot of um, movement-related um, types of... Uh, rewards. Like, if you had a really crisp sidestep, it was just like Tekken. Like, you would sidewalk something, and you would launch, and you would get the reward. It was very similar to Tekken. Rewarding movement. And they they just completely took that away in Soul Calibur 3 and Soul Calibur 4. And I think that's one of the main reasons that it's just not accepted. Soul Calibur 3 and 4, they're just not accepted. And Yeah, it kind of became a game where it's like, it's a 3D game, but you have to play it like a 2D game because if you move around, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. I know you tried that game out. I know you bought Soul Calibur 4, and I know you're a very Tekken person, but you will play another fighting game if you like it. Now, what, yeah. in your eyes, was so bad about Soul Calibur 4? I guess it was just um, the main part was uh, lack of competition, but other than that... <laughs> Interesting. Uh, that is, uh, I have said several times, in my opinion... The most important things you need in a fighting game is balance and competition, but... Yeah, no matter, like, how fun or how much I enjoy a fighting game, it's, like, no point if there's no one to play, you know? Yeah, the, and the interesting thing for you is you don't have any friends who are Soul Calibur players. So yeah, it's all, like, The mainly... way for you to get competition would be if the Tekken players that you know began playing Soul Calibur, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that's exactly another reason why the Soul Calibur team has to really try to get the Tekken community involved with their game. So, I mean, it's very, very important. It's um, the easiest, like, uh, key audience they could bring over, and it's, like, a very nerfing movement, you know? It's, like, one of the most fun things about Tekken is the movement, so it's, like, I don't know, I don't want to just be standing there hitting A, a or B, B, so... Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, um, you know, I don't... I don't know, I, I wish I had some, you know, strong advice as to what they should do, but I'm obviously not qualified to tell them exactly what they should do. Well, I don't know, man. Aren't you the Soul Calibur 2 world champion? <laughs> I've never I've never made a fighting game. I, if I, It's hard for me to say, like, what you should do to appeal to the Tekken community. But I will say this. The proof is in the pudding. And Soul Calibur 2 was played very, very heavily by Tekken players. I mean, in SoCal, we had Devil X, Sin, Tidy Whitey. I mean, everyone was... And then even Marvel players. There were... The Clockwork was playing uh, Soul Calibur. Oh, wow. uh, you know, SP Man. I mean, all these people were playing uh, Soul Calibur 2 that they were just in the arcade, and this game came out, and they tried it, and they liked it. Something in that game's formula was appealing to more people than Soul Calibur 3 and Soul Calibur 4. And I don't know what exactly it is, but it should be um, examined by the team. So, you know... What do you, what do you think about the whole, you know, it's not being released in arcade kind of deal? Uh, you know, that's, a, that's another thing. I mean, you know, I've said in the past that I think fighting games have to be released in the arcade. But that is a very archaic thing for me to say. And it's a very old man syndrome thing to say. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not sure. As of right now, I feel like an, uh, a fighting game needs to be released in the arcade so that it can be tested by the community and revised before it hits console. But I'm going to retract my original statement and say that I don't know if it's impossible for a fighting game to be good when it goes straight to console. Because... Kind of feels like a movie, doesn't it? It's like you know, shitty movies just go straight to DVD. And <laughs> well, I mean, movies can't really be revised, so yeah. I don't know if that's uh, comparable. But I guess you know what's going to happen. We're going to find out in 2011 because two major fighting games are coming straight to console, which is Marvel and um, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. So we'll see. I mean, if they're able to put those games on console and have them be good, or if they end up being shitty and they're fixed, you know, immediately, then, you know, it'll, it'll show me that I've been, I'm wrong in that statement. But until they do that, fighting games belong on arcade. Unfortunately, the arcade, um, you know, scene is very, uh, very slow, and they may not, it may not be lucrative enough for companies to make arcade games anymore. So... You know, I don't know. It's very, it's almost, it's really sad to think that if I'm right about that, we're never going to have another good fighting game unless it's on arcade. So I hope that's not the case, and and only time will tell. But as far as the Soul Calibur, you know, you know, Soul Calibur Five being announced, um, you know, I have a hard time being hopeful. This guy, you know, he's not a part of the original Soul Calibur Two team, as far as I know. But um. It's very difficult for me to be hopeful about this, and I'm very skeptical. Very, very skeptical. So, you know, time will tell. 
don't fuck that game up, please, Namco. <laughs> uh, you know, do your homework, find out what you need to do, and, and you know, hopefully they'll uh, take the Harada approach and, you know, show different... Release st- updates every now and then. Yeah, different stages in the development of the game. Um, and hopefully they won't fuck up the practice mode, because I don't know if you know, Mike, um, Soul Calibur 4 has one of the best practice yeah. modes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the sounds of it, I was like, wow, I wish I had that in Tekken. Yeah, I can't believe that they, they, they didn't have something like that in Tekken 6. I mean, they had, like, a custom, you know, record function, but then you could record three of them. And you can randomize oh, it, and you could yeah. try defending against it. That's them. like having, um, it's just, it's so amazing what you could do. Like a training partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really like having a training partner. So, you know, I, I, I was very heartbroken that, uh, you know, Soul Calibur 4 wasn't uh, very good till the end, and so I didn't get to use that practice mode too much, and then Tekken 6 didn't copy it, so really shitty, but Soul Calibur does some things right. They have a lot of cool UI options that I hope Tekken copies, and, you know, they do a lot of things right, and Soul Calibur 4, at least from the perspective of a Soul Calibur player, was almost a very good game, and it just so happened that Japan doesn't pay attention to possibilities with pad, and they never patched Hildy because they never considered people playing on pad as, um, you know, legitimate. Tournament standard or something. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they never considered that legitimate, so they never they patched the game with a major patch and then never patched this, you know, Hildy stuff, which is very unfortunate. I mean, you know, for for those of you who don't know, uh, Hildy... Um, was very good because of a pad, because you could charge her buttons with the shoulders and still use the face buttons to do the actual attacks. So it made that character really cheap. She was designed, I, I, I at least I speculate, that she was designed to be played on arcade, on an arcade stick, and on an arcade stick you only have a limited amount of fingers that you can hold buttons down with. So while you're occupying a button for holding it down, you also can't really use it. Like, uh, let's say you're holding down an A, you can't use that A to do other moves or to break a throw. While um, on pad, you can be charging buttons with your left hand as well as your right hand. So it, it made it much, it made that character much cheaper than she actually had to be. Uh, I personally don't think that, um, you know, she was that, that cheap where the game could not be played if button binding was banned. I don't think she would be that cheap. I mean, she's still fucked up, but it's the fact that button binding, I mean, European people love button. Yeah, even in Tekken, I don't know why. I don't, know. I don't understand that, but they love it so much, and so Culver is so popular in France, and so many French players were coming to EVO that year that button binding was never banned. So that's what kind of made uh, Hildy very cheap. And people will ar- argue that... Um, you know, Hildy was never that cheap because she never dominated any major tournaments. Well, my explanation to that is, who the fuck played that game to really put the time into the character? I mean, there was literally two Hildy players in the whole country, and they they were in a field of not very many players to get good. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, even NorCal, which had um, Sirnian, who was playing Hildy, even NorCal only had, they were only pulling like 15 or 16, maybe 20 man tournaments for a brand new fucking game? That's pathetic. You know? Yeah. So, 
you can't expect people to get good in an environment like that. It's not that uh, the character was limited. It's that the field of players was limited. So that's not a valid argument. The game was not played enough by enough people to take Hildegard to her full, fullest potential. And that's, an, that's not a valid argument. So anyway, um, I'm very interested in what everyone else has to say about uh, Soul Calibur 3, Soul Calibur 4, and the things that I've said about those games, because this is just, you know, my opinion, and uh, I know many people disagree, and, uh, you know, despite the fact that I'm completely right and everyone else is completely wrong, <laughs> I, I'm interested in other people's wrong opinions of this series, because whether whether you guys like it or not, we're going to get a Soul Calibur five. It's just a matter of whether it's going to be a piece of shit like the last two games, or if this new guy is, you know, he has something to show us that that we haven't seen before, so... Time will tell. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about that. And um, speaking of which, you know, I, I've said it so many times, but I have uh, talked to Michael Murray and Harada, and the time is coming. The time is near um, for them to be on the podcast. So, you know, there. I think it will be much better if you, you know just having them later, anyways. Yeah. Well, uh, you get to see more of the game. You could ask more questions. Yeah, absolutely. What what my goal is for the Harada interview is the first time they're on, I want to talk to them about uh, more philosophical things of developing a game, what they're thinking, uh, you know, their, their philosophies on balance, and, and the, some of the, some questioning about so, uh, Tekken 6 and, and how that game was developed. And then when the game, when Tekken Tag 2 comes out, and we're, you know, possibly yeah, after it's come out, I would like for them to come on again, and we can talk more about that game. Um, but I will ask a little bit about Tekken Tech 2, and the time has come, and, you know, they're, they're going to be on very soon. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled on, uh, you know, uh, when we're going to release the next uh, podcast, and uh, soon enough, you're going to get the interview that we've promised for so long now. Uh, you're going to get the interview with Harada and Michael Murray coming soon. Um, anyway, unless you have anything else to cover, Mike, I think uh, we can move on to the interview with Thomas Hilfiger, I gotta say, before we do that, Thomas Hilfiger is definitely the best Tekken, if not fighting game player, that we have lost to marriage. <laughs> the of fighting games. I think that that's the case. Um, it's very unfortunate. I can see it in his eyes, and I always... He still sneaks out every now and then and tells his exactly. wife he's working. I always talk shit to him about, you know, uh, lying to his wife and saying he's gonna go buy milk for the baby and he's going to a Tekken tournament and shit, but... You know, he's a, he's a very good Tekken player. He still has it. Um, but it's unfortunate that, you know, we lost him. We lost him to the opposite uh, gender. And that's very sad. And I'm going to talk mad shit to him uh, during the interview. But if you, unless you have anything else to mention, Mike, we can move on to that. Uh, no, that's pretty much about it. All right, then. Um, just stay tuned, guys. Uh, here comes Thomas. He'll figure you can. Alright everybody, I'm very pleased to welcome on one of the best American Tekken players of all time and one of the pioneers of American Tekken as we know it today, Mr. Thomas Hilfiger Kim. How you doing, Tom? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, dude. <clears throat> now, I got a lot of stuff to ask you, but 
Okay. Let's go with the usual. I want to know. <laughs> let me let me tell you. The first time I heard your name, I was literally like 13 years old, and I had <laughs> just gotten like AOL on dial-up, and I was oh, like, yeah. I gotta look up some Tekken. And so I, the first name that came up was you, and it was like you know match videos and stuff like uh, tournament results, and I was like. Who the fuck is this guy? It's such a gay nickname, Tom Hilfiger. Who is this guy? And, you know, I was so young. And at that time, I'm curious, like, what, what was it like? I mean, what was the scene like, and how did you start playing? And, so, you know, how did it go back then? Well, you know, uh, back in the days, you know, we didn't have much access to anything, really. You know, IRC was basically, you know, your source yeah. for all the information. And I think Tekken.net back in the days, I can't, you know, really remember everything right now but um and also you know when i went to college i kind of you know i I used to play tekken one tekken two not seriously you know just kind of like the game but then when i went to college over at riverside you know a lot of people started playing tekken tekken three at that time you know that was like a revolutionary game back in the day uh and there was a guy named super t you know who just happened to go to our school you know, I didn't know he was, you know, one of the top players in the nation back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's how it got, you know, started in playing the game. That's very interesting because I was going to mention it. When I was growing up, the first person I ever met who got me into Tekken was Super T. And I didn't meet him through an arcade or anything. I just met him through a mutual friend. And I remember uh-huh. him talking about how, oh, you know, he would always talk about how he's one of the best in the country. And I'd always be like, this guy's a bitch, you know. He's just talking shit. And then, man, when he plugged in the PS2 and we started playing, dude, that guy was such a douchebag, dude. The biggest people ever. That's why he was called Super T. I mean, he looked like a turtle, literally, too. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he played like a turtle. You know, it's, it's just the way he played just totally, you know, opened my eyes to kind of, how Tekken was played. Interesting, you know? interesting. I mean, back then, you know, all we did was Maltese and just doing Death Fist once in a while and, you know, mixing it up with Falling Leaf, with Paul. But, you know, the guy was backdashing out of everything back in the day. <laughs> when we were just doing, you know, 10 strings and trying to figure out the new 10 string. Now, did you, you what arcade were you playing at? Was that at James Games or where was no, it? No, no, you know, it was it was just the uh, University Commons we played at. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah. So then, um, that's that's so you started out in the San Bernardino area, Riverside area. Yeah, and you know, just from there, we, we got introduced to basically the competitive scene of Tekken. Me and uh, a couple of the friends there just got into Tekken, playing Tekken three on PS two, uh, PS one. You know, it's ancient now. <laughs> and then we got introduced to the world of tournaments, and you know, we started heading to Golfland. That's you know, that's when. Basically, it opened up our eyes to all the all kinds of competition, and that's when we realized who was the best in the nation. Then, you know, obviously, you know, Alex Valle, you know, was just wrecking shop in basically every game back in the day. And Tekken Three was one of them, and he was the one guy Super T couldn't beat. Yeah. This is we're still talking about Tekken Three, right? This is before Tekken Tag. Oh yeah, this was before Tekken Tag. Jesus, this was Tekken Three. You're going even back further than I even knew existed. Shit, geez, I didn't even know people there were like uh, American tournaments for Tekken Three. Yeah, the, I mean Tekken Three was just really popular. I mean, you know, any tournaments you go to, I remember uh, Tekken Three. I didn't go to too many tournaments, but it, it just local arcades. You'd have qu- quarters lined up, yeah. you know, constantly. 
So so how did it change when TAC came out? When TAC came out, I think it's just, you know, everybody started getting better. But uh, I think what, basically the whole scene changed. Basically, people opened their eyes once they saw the Koreans play. You yeah, know, this is that... Um, the Nationals. The Nationals. And at that Nationals. Time, Alex Vaya won, and Super T got second. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The Nationals? Yeah. No, no. MIC got second. Super T got somewhere in the fifth. There was a whole controversy. You know, back in the day, uh, I don't know if you know a guy named Duck Doe. I do. Duck Doe. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of the top players in MBC2 and, and Tech and Tag. That's right. Yeah, so they used to be friends, and they used to play a lot. Mm-hmm. And they knew each other's styles very well. But before the tournament, you know, they they told, you know, each other, okay, if we end up playing each other, you know, Duck told them, you know, I'll throw the game to you. Uh-huh. But, you know, that didn't happen, and... Super T, you know, should, you know, should have just played his game, but you know, he just expected Duck to throw the game, the last match, and you know, Duck didn't know it was the quote-unquote last game. That's what he, he said, thought, at least. Yeah, yeah, he thought yeah. there was one more game. That's why, and you know, that just kind of, kind of, that's what happened. And you know, Duck, I think, made it to third, and he was able to play in the world tournament against uh, Suk Dong Min and. That's right. the other players. Yep, that's what happened. That was the first time that uh, Korean was here, right? That that we were able to see what Koreans can do and stuff as far as, like, wave dashing and ha-ha step and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah, that's uh, just... That's when I realized, hey, you know what? I'm Korean. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> before that, I... You know, before then, I was, you know, playing... Uh, Super T, he used to come over to my house, just get you know, school me fifty to oh, seventy to oh, each night, you know, literally just schooling me every day, you know, eat, eating food at my house, you know. <laughs> that sounds just like him. <laughs> yeah, and just you know, leave and you know that was it. And every day I had to go through that until you know, it was it's a lot of months of literally just getting beat down constantly by this guy. At this time in uh, Cal in uh, Tekken's uh, history. Was California the strongest state? I mean... Oh, yeah. California was definitely the strongest state. Because um, Alex Valle, Shano, they used to go to the East Coast, and, you know, they would place first and second. Mm-hmm. But this is before I, you started to really travel and get into Yeah, that, that was way before I started traveling. Um, I, I would honestly say I got really good at Tekken right after the Nationals. You know, when I realized, oh, you know, you could play the game this way. And, you know, basically suck being Korean also. You know, he told me how, you know, I should start playing Lei. And then I I picked up Lei and Bruce. And the next tournament I played in, I played second at uh, Southern Hills Golfland next to uh, Valle. Valle got first still that tournament. Interesting. Now, how did things change from there? I mean, how did the game evolve after that? Oh, you know, people realized the strength of electric uh, strength of just constantly backdashing, you know, lays haha steps, and then they re- realize how to do backdash canceling a lot faster. You know, basically back then, before that, if you were to watch the videos, uh, American Tech and backdash, you know, backdash was just a single backdash and then holding back, you know, they're crawling backwards. Now, after Sucklin Men came by and left, it was just a whole different game, a lot faster paced, a lot more movement, and I guess delay catches, um, meaning, you know, if they whiffed the jab, you know, you would backdash and just electric wing office or something that would reach that to catch this 
uh, delay. That's very interesting. Yeah, now, so, um, go ahead, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no I'm, uh, I was going to say that that basically opened up, you know, everything for just a lot of different options for people to uh, look at each characters differently. Interesting. Now, how long was it after this point before you threw your first Electric Cancel tournament? You know, Electric Cancel, before that, actually, that didn't start for a while. I um, first went to, I guess, um, tournament in New Mexico that, uh, this was when PS2 first came out. Mm-hmm. And a tournament in New Mexico was giving out a PS2 as its first place prize. <laughs> wow, big yeah. prize. Yeah, big prize back then. You know, it was a thousand dollars along with Tech and Tag. Wow, okay. So me and Howard basically took, um, you know, he drove his uh, SUV and we just went down there. Uh huh. You know, you know, we weren't sure who's gonna be there, but you know, we were pretty confident we could place high, or you know, I was confident I could win it. Yeah. So I went down there, and you know, lo and behold, Shauna was there. <laughs> Without telling any of us, he was going to be there. That's where I met the guy, uh, Eddie Pistons. And that's basically how TIT and Electric Cancel started afterwards. Who won won that uh, New Mexico tournament? Oh, I I won the tournament. Yeah, so I got my PS2 and, you know, I sent uh, Eddie Pistons crying back home. (laughs) But, you know, it was a close match. He played Eddie and he played it totally different. Just a very, totally, very defensive style that we know of Texas today. Uh Uh-huh. You know, they're very just uh, defensive-minded. And he, he was, you know, just very different from, you know, a lot of the players I played. Even compared, basically, he was a souped-up Super Turtle, I guess you could say. You know, playing Eddie and I forget who, which character. But, you know, the first time I played, I almost lost, actually. You know, when, sure I think he was the yeah. devil. Oh, maybe, yeah, I think so. You're right. You're I'm right. just going by his uh, his name, you know, Twin Pistons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you are yeah, actually you're right. I think he did use uh, Devil and Eddie. Yeah. And it ended up becoming, you know, basically a rivalry because um, there's a guy named White Frank. I don't think you've heard of him. Okay, so he basically he was Eddie Piston's friend, and he decided, hey, I'm gonna sponsor a tournament. That's a thousand dollars because he, you know, he betted on Eddie Piston's winning the next tournament. He, you know, he thought, hey, he could beat me. Because uh, basically he lost to me and then he ended up losing to Shano. Shano got second place. Yeah. Uh, so that's how TIT got born. So TIT, I believe, came before Electric Cancel. So uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a while. But that's how TIT was born. Now, and, let me, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Electric Cancel is the first American tournament other than like a Namco-sponsored tournament that had uh, international... Uh, I'm sorry, Electric Cancel had international players, right? You guys brought Koreans over. Yes, we, we were the first Tekken tournament to bring Koreans over. And that that's that was uh, your idea? I mean, you, you're pretty that much... That was uh, me and Howard's. Actually, the, it was ma- mainly Howard's idea to begin with. That's I don't know if you know Rocksteady. Yeah, yeah. Howard Kim. Yeah. yeah he's, he's been in Tekken scene a long time back in the day, but he's kind of been out of it these days. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but I mean... Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I feel like you started something that's being, uh, you know, still being done today. You know, as as we know, strong style and you know, MLG. All these Korean players are coming over, and I feel like you guys kind of godfathered that in. And um, one of the first uh, major tournaments I went to was an Electric Cancel tournament, and it was it was always so much fun seeing all these people that were so into the game, but 
it was kind of such a backyard feel with like 13 inch TVs and like yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, speaking uh-huh. of backyard, uh-huh. but, um, let me go back to TIT. So, anyways, TIT started that way. So I ended up going to TIT one because he put up a thousand dollar, you know, first place, basically saying, oh, you, you know, you guys come, but you probably can't win. And back then, back then, thousand dollar tournament was, you know, right now it's a dime a dozen, but you know, back then it was you couldn't find a thousand dollar tournament for first place. Mm-hmm. It's basically a couple hundred at most. And those were still big tournaments. You win a golf land hundred twenty eight man tournament, you were going home with maybe like four hundred dollars. So it was pretty uh it was a pretty big deal. And so I ended up going there and lo and behold, Shano shows up again. But uh, you know, we show them, you know, that close match was a fluke and you know, we ended up taking that home. So I won the first TIT also after that. Okay. And then uh, Electric Cancel won, I believe. Uh, you know, I, I can't re- really remember far back, that far back, but I think I won, I won that one too. But Electric Cancel 2 was the first tournament with... That's when Jop started dominating. So let's go, you know, go back to where the Jop era. The Jop era. But when, yeah. so what I wonder is, this is kind of, to me, the history is kind of foggy here because... I know Jop was dominating, but when was the when did St. Louis come into the picture? I, St. Louis came into the picture, I believe, after the Jop era was pretty oh, much. Oh, okay, okay. You know, after TIT three, I mean, St. Louis was still really good starting TIT two with yeah. uh, T TI. Um, uh, yeah, St. Louis has always been good, but you know, not the way you know them today. You know, they're really good at tech and tag right now, almost. Yeah, I mean, I would say the top two players right now, Barnon and Slips and Unconquable and Tech and Tag, you know, in the U.S. And then everybody afterwards, you know, J- uh, J.O.P. me and you know, for Tech and Tag. Going back to uh, the ghettoness of Electric Cancel, you with 11-inch TVs. So there was one incident in Electric Cancel two or uh, two, I believe, where Eddie Pistons, you know, made his way out, you know, because he he's made it to almost every Electric Cancel except for the recent ones, I believe. So he came out to Electric Cancel 2. You know, back then it was people bringing out TVs and PS2s and, you know, we're waiting for this place to open up at 9 a.m., right? So they haven't opened up and then we realized we left some PS2s back at our place. Uh-huh. So we tell Eddie Pistons, and this is middle of K-Town, you know, all the ghetto, kind of like Norm Indiana, uh, uh, just smack in the middle with a lot of Hispanics and, you know, a lot of, uh, swap meets. Yeah. So we, we leave Eddie Pistons with 12 TVs and, <laughs> and you know, six PS2s in the middle, smack middle of a parking lot, right? <laughs> At 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> but we come back and he's telling us, you know, people thought he was just selling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, people are coming up to him and he's like, hey, how much do you want for that TV? <laughs> you know, how much do you want for that PS2? So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was pretty funny back then. That's really good. Now this is, <laughs> man. You know, talking to you about this stuff really makes me miss the tournaments of those days. No, you know, that's. I mean, it, as professional as it is right now, I do kind of miss that kind of scene. It's fun still, you know, going to tournaments, but I just miss that environment. The, but now, what's funny is that we've t- we've talked about all this uh, tech and tag stuff, but this still isn't the kind of the the peak of your tech and career. Am I right? I mean, you, uh, as far as I know, you were the top two, at least in the world, for Tekken 4? Yeah. So, explain to me how that happened, because 
The thing I remember most about you when I think about you is about like nine years ago when we were playing, uh, you know, side by side tournaments of Soul Calibur 2 and Tekken 4. You and me would always argue with each other about whether or not Tekken 4 was a good game. Uh-huh. And there were so many people out there that didn't like that game. So what I'm curious about is, how did you end up receiving that game when it came out, and how did you end up getting so good at it? I wasn't actually that good at it in the beginning. Once it came out on PS2, I just and I started using Nina. I used to just play it religiously, I mean in practice mode, just doing sidestep on cancels, because I got bored one day and started figuring, hey, Nina could do some weird stuff. And that's where I, you know, made up all the sidestep one cancel that seems, you know, pretty normal these days. But back in the days, it was nobody was using it. Yep. Sidestep one, two, low kick guarantees, and once you block it, there's just a lot of mix-ups back then. Nobody was used to it. Well, what I was uh, going to ask you is, mm-hmm. I mean, did you just like out of out of the blue pick up Nina and just found found out that you really liked this character, or was it like, did you no, see someone using it or something? You know, I got so bored of the game. Because there were no, you know, I like to practice things that are technical. Yeah. Like way dashes or, you know, some, some aren't that useful. But I like stuff that are technical. And I found out, you know, Nina had this sidestep one. I actually, actually, I accidentally found it out in Tekken Tag. I don't know if anybody was using it, but I was doing a sidestep one. And then when I did a quarter circle back, it would just cancel it right away. I was like, okay, you know what? Let me try a sidestep one cancel into a jab. Let me try a sidestep cancel into a move. A low kick, uh, you know, and then a throw. And, you know, in Tekken 4, it was hard to backdash against a wall or anywhere. Yeah. You couldn't backdash, really. You had to use the high Ishida step. The characters that ha- had high Ishida steps had the advantage of being a turtle yeah. in that game, in Tekken 4. And Nina happened to be one of them, and one of the best high Ishida steps in that game, because you could cancel out of it into other moves. And, you know, literally, back in the days, it, it seems so easy and natural now, but when I was practicing sidestep one, I used to have to. I used to literally practice seven to eight hours a day in practice mode, which I can't even do now. I can't even do two hours. I get. I just turn off the game because. But I mean, it was just so much fun. I don't know why. You know, that's why I think I can't play Nina anymore because I can't stand playing her more than like more than one hour with her. I mean, you could if you hear. You know, I play Nina with Chet once in a while, but once I play like. Five to ten games, I get so bored with it, I can't. And I used to be able to spend eight hours. I had the patience, I think, and play eight hours a day just in practice mode. So, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, everyone really... Well, it's pretty unanimous that most people don't like Tekken 4. But, I mm-hmm. mean, why do you, what do you think were the redeeming qualities of that game? Because it seems like that's your favorite Tekken. Am I, if I'm no, not- no, actually, that isn't my favorite Tekken, though. I would say that was my best Tekken, but... Uh, Tekken Tag still has to be my favorite Tekken. Really? Then Tekken 3, then Tekken 4. So, I mean, uh, you think Tekken 4 was a decent game overall then? I thought it was a great game, honestly. In, at least competitive, competitively, except for the fact that Jin was overpowered. But I just like the fact of beating Jin's with, you know... Back then, which was considered a low-tier character, Nina, because nobody was using her anyways. They thought, you know, she sucked until... I started winning tournaments with her. Yeah, definitely. Now, let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, and coming to the way the game has evolved now, yeah. um, how do you feel about the, the evolution of the Tekken series? Because I don't know anyone that's been around 
quite as long as it's you uh, personally. So, I mean, how do you how do you feel about the way the game's evolved in general, and how do you feel about Tekken Six? Uh, you know, honestly, I I like Tekken Six. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. But I still think, uh, you know, you call me a dinosaur. You know, a lot of people say when I make this comment, but I I think it's very random. I you know, but a lot of Koreans agree. Uh, I really don't like honestly the. Uh, crush system too much. It it makes it more fun to watch. I think it makes it fun when you land combos. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you do it, huh? Yeah, when you do it, it's fun. But yeah, yeah and you know, being able to get hundred percent. You know, I, I I was playing SP man the other day in a tournament, right? Yeah. With Jack, I he was beating me. I had five percent energy left. He had almost the whole bar, but because of the wall, I was able to just kill him after one launcher, four four two launcher. Yeah, well, well yeah, yeah. The streets, that's how it is these days. You get one chance, that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. And we've had this conversation several yeah. times. My uh, my argument to you is that if it were random, different people would be winning. But do, yeah, the like different, that. I mean, but different people do win, you know? I mean, let's, let's say this, okay? I, I haven't touched the game for about three months, all right? And I bet you the guy from Japan named, well, who was it that came for WGC? Uh, the guy from, oh, Ao. I don't want to talk shit, but yeah, Ao and who was the other guy? Uh, from Japan, Honda and Ao. Honda. So I play Honda uh -huh. like six games. Okay. At, you know, in the hotel. Yeah. You know, if he's playing, he was playing Lily. I played Jack. I haven't played for three months, and I beat him five two, on the four two, and it was you know pretty easy for me to beat him. Okay. You know, I, I and, and that's a guy who plays the game, twenty thirty thousand games probably. So yeah, far. definitely, that's true. If not, you know, I can't see that happening in Tekken Tag if I didn't play the game at all. I mean, if I only played 1,500 of games in Tekken 4 or Tekken Tag, that would not happen. Well, my explanation to that is that the reason I think that people like you like Tekken Tag and those types of games is because it's a lot easier to maintain dominance because all of the there are less variables in the game. So you don't have to think about is this guy gonna do a hop? No, but uh, but look at this. I wasn't the one dominating. I mean, I mean, I was the one dominating. He should be the one winning if I didn't play the game enough to know the variables. You well, you, you, that, that he should have known the variables. The you're you're right. He should know the variables, but which he? I mean, there's enough jack players over in Japan. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, there are there are there is merit to your argument. Um, I mean, so let's say I played. Um, Jengs who won in Tekken Tag after I've only played the game for about maybe fifteen, good fifteen hundred games, and he's been playing it since the start, uh -huh. since Tekken Six. I've only played it since Tekken Six BR, and that's after PlayStation Three version came out, yeah. as you know. Uh -huh. I've never went to the arcade once. No, oh, that's true. I know. Yeah, so you know that kind of thing. I think the games just became a lot easier and lot launch based, it's, and one combo could kill you. So. As long as you know your combo and you kind of know, you know, have a good mind game, it's easy to win in this game, I think. That's why you see a lot more, you know, a lot of variables, a lot of different people winning. I mean, granted, there aren't enough people that play and there aren't enough smart players that play to make that randomness kind of occur, I think. That's, that's I mean, really interesting that, that you say that because, I mean... Um in a sense, I can agree with you, with what you're saying, but, I mean, back in the day, when people were, I mean, the field seemed so much bigger, and 
when they're making... That's another thing, yeah. yeah the, it just seemed like there were more people playing at that time. And then another thing is, with the creation of Tekken 6, people say it's the reason it's not popular is because it's too hard to play. Now, from your perspective, you think it's easy. And I think it's very easy to play, but mm-hmm. when you first look at it, it could seem very daunting. Yeah, I, I hear you. Because of all the combos, all the bound, but then get down to the basics of it, it's just the same, you know, it's, it's very basic mind game. Yeah. Of guessing the right counter for whatever they're throwing and making sure you do your combo right. That's it. You yeah. just got to know your combo because you're going to kill them after. I mean, if you have the right character and, you know, just the right mindset and right, you know, very strong mind game and good throw-breaking skills, I think... Ever since Tekken 5, you have to have great throw-breaking skills yeah, definitely. in the game. That's true. Because, that yeah, throw just became way too dominant. I mean, if you know how to break him, good for you, but, you, you know, you don't have to worry about it. But I think throws became too strong since Tekken 5 also. Really? They've been, the damage has been reduced. You still think they're too strong, right? I mean, you know, a lot of throws interrupt a lot of moves easily. Counter throws, uh, you know, you could... You could counter side steps with a long, you know, long reach throw anytime. That's true. That is true. So okay. I guess uh, your conclusion is that um, Tekken Six is actually very easy to play, much easier than it was back in the tag days. But it's uh, it just it's more intimidating. For it me. is, I think, yeah. Really? Because it looked intimidating for me too when I first looked at it. I was like, man, I, I I don't have time to learn all that, you know. Crush, I mean, not crush, um, the, they call that bound system and the walls, when to bound before the wall and, you know, knowing all the distance. Then I found out there's, there's two. yeah, 40 characters you have to learn because everybody could do all the damage. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I guess I never really thought of it that way. Um, I guess it could be considered to be relatively intimidating, yet I do agree it's easier than Tekken Tag in my eyes. But mm-hmm. I, I'm what I'm afraid of is that... Um, the Tekken team and Harada, they're going to think, what we have to do is make the game easier than it is now to yeah. get more people to play. So mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how the game will uh, develop in the future, and that brings me to ask you, what do you think of all the newest footage of Tekken Tag 2 and, you know, all this stuff coming out? I mean, are you excited? I mean, how's that How's that working out? You know, I, it's, it's actually pretty exciting, because I think, um, I hope Tekken Tag 2 is a great tournament game, you know, because... At least you have two characters. Right now, I think, honestly, Tekken 6 would be a little more balanced if you know you took out the rage factor. Okay. And, you know, some of the damages on the combos, you know, which, you know, kind of... It's, it's a mental thing, too, you know. Once you get... Once the other guy has rage, you know, even if you have 80%, and you have your back near the wall, you take a couple of lows, and then, you you know, you decide to block mid, and they do a hop kick, and you're dead. Yeah. Even if you have 70%. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a mental thing, too, with the rage, which, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's very little is known about the game so far, but I'm, I'm just hoping that the uh, popularity of Tekken Tag 1 kind of comes back, but... I yeah, guess... I think, you know, it's the arcade scene that's dead. Nobody wants to travel anymore. Nobody yeah. has that fire, I guess, to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go beat this guy down. It's like, you know, you know, online, there's lag. Everybody's always complaining about something. Back then... At least it was the controllers. You know, back then people used to complain about, hey, dude, this arcade, you know, my arcade didn't have sticks like this, you know? Well, I mean, it's the it's the age of the internet. Everyone has PS3, everyone has 
World of Warcraft and all this gay ass shit. So, you know, this is what happens when uh, the internet takes over and arcades close, and that's really unfortunate. But yeah. I'm hoping that the net code of uh, the console version of Tag 2 is really good. So at least we could get some, you know, online matches and people yeah, connect with each other that way. Yeah, it's horrible right now, you know. I I threw my stick a couple times playing <laughs> online. So I don't even, actually, I don't even go in there anymore because it just, like, ruins my day. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you, man. That shit's terrible. But one of the last things I wanted to ask you about is, now, you're, you're a family man, and I always <laughs> consider you easily the most skilled Tekken player that we lost to marriage. Uh, you're a married man, you have a kid. A big shout out to Benjamin Hilfiger. Um, Thanks. Explain this to me. Do you feel like you could be as good as you ever were right now if you had the time? Or do you feel like age has a factor? Because you're 31 years old now, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like age has a factor in terms of reflex or skills in any way uh, to maintaining a top-level status? You know, definitely, I think age does factor into some of your reflexes, but I think Tekken, tag, uh, Tekken 6 has been kind of dumbed down to a point where you don't need as much reflexes. You just need to be able to break through as well, and, you know, because, and, you know, just defend. You, you just got to know the other character well, I think, more than just reactions, because there's, you can't backdash and delay catch in this game as much as you can with the other Tekkens. I agree. So you, it's just a guessing game. You have to be sharp in your mind, which you can be at this age. You don't have to have that much reflexes. You have to guess well. You have to realize your opponent's patterns. You know, just have a strong mind game. And if they, you know, if, if you know their patterns are to do a low after this move, you know, throw out a hop kick because it's worth it. You're only going to take maybe 20, 40 damage at most. Whereas you get, you could get possibly a 90 double, you know, what they could possibly punish you with. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's really interesting. So you, you you think that if you had the time, you would be able to reach the top? Oh, definitely. I I think so. I mean, I'd like to believe so. I mean, considering, you know, if, considering my matches against uh, Honda, if he could win a Japanese, you know, not to talk shit, but if he could talk... Go ahead. Place, if he could place first in a J Japanese tournament, and you know, if I, if I don't play that much and, you know, still be able to beat him down, you know, pretty confidently... It, Against a character I really don't have no idea about. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I could, you know, do pretty well. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, um, you're one of the you're one of the only players I, I really, really respect uh, in the country. Okay. And uh, when I play you, and I haven't played you that much in Tekken 6, well, every time I play you, I think, man, this guy's like 40 years old and he's got a kid and he's never played Tekken 6, you know? I'm just going to fuck him up. And every time, you give me a run for my money. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that, uh, you know, you, you, could, you have this, the potential. It's just, you know, you know, kids and families and stuff, they, they got you. We lost another one, Tom. It breaks my heart. <laughs> you, you know, you know who, who would have been really good if we, you know, in Tekken 6 was Arario. I Honestly, personally, he was... By far, born on the best Tekken player I've played. Really, I think he's the best Tekken player of all time. Oh yeah, I, I mean, because especially in Tekken Six, he would have been the best, I think. Because you know who Anakin actually reminded me of was Arario. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. I think everyone uh, who watched Anakin play kind of had like flashbacks of Arario. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, Anakin just the throw breaking skills, same as Arario. Uh, this play style very similar. 
Strong, very strong mind games. And both, I don't know if this is a coincidence or what, but both... Both uh, come from Atlanta. Both come from Atlanta, both playing Jack, and both are around the same age. That oh, really? Okay. Horario was around the 1920, uh, 18-19-20 age, and uh, Anakin is actually 19 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but uh, maybe there's something to uh, study there. Yeah, definitely. But I think uh, we lost a big one in that, because Tekken 6 would have been a perfect game for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the, just this play style just fits him perfectly. I think he would have dominated Tekken 6, if anyone could in that game. Well, hopefully someday, uh, you know, he can take care of his uh, life businesses and he could come back to Tekken. And I also hope the same goes for you. Uh, you. Hopefully when, uh, uh, you know, Benjamin's uh, a little bit older and he can uh, take care of himself, you can come out to tournaments a little bit more. And uh, oh, you, know, you know, the thing is, I really love going to tournaments. I mean, that's the one thing, that's the only reason I play this game. You know, at, at least as much as I can try. Only to go to tournaments. You know, and, you know, I wish, you know, I know this guy from way back in the day named Jop, you know. You know, I don't know why he doesn't go to tournaments anymore. He's just scared. Sometimes he gets scared, you know, he gets the jitters, I guess, now. And, you know, he just doesn't do it anymore. He gets, you know, he had MLG right in front of his house. And he did not go enter it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, you know, the guy has it, but he's just afraid to lose or something. You know, I mean, you gotta take, you know, you gotta take it like a man. Lose time, time. You have to lose to win. You know, that's my thing. I lose a lot these days. You know, I, I sometimes wish I didn't, but you know, I still go to the next one. And you know, I mean, I think he's afraid. He's he doesn't want to lose his rep as you know one of the most dominant players ever. That still you know sticks with him forever. But you know, it's a different game. Got to make another name for yourself if you ever want to, you know, keep playing competitively. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have the excuse that you have either. He's not married and he has no. Yeah. Friends. So uh, at least you have an excuse. Yeah, at least I have an excuse, you know. And uh, <laughs> as far as you going to tournaments goes, that's got to be the thing that breaks my heart the most because I can see it in your eyes. I can yeah. see how much you want to compete, how much you want to play. And, you know, obviously life uh, takes over and you have responsibilities. But, you know, hopefully in the future you can make some time and we'll see you uh, in, in more tournaments. Now, I know that it's a tradition and you already called Jop a bitch. But uh, you, at the end of every interview, you gotta you got to call someone out. Now, if, if uh, Jop is the guy you want to call out, that's fine. But if there's anyone else you want to call a bitch right now, feel free to call them a bitch uh, at your leisure. You know, I, honestly, I, I can't really think of anybody else, you know, except for Job, because, you know, he <laughs> is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a bitch for not going to tournaments right in front of his house. I mean, what kind of a champion does that, you know? Oh, my only God. A, only a has-been or a washed-up champions do that. <laughs> and look at uh, Randy Couture, right? He's uh, Randy Couture. Oh, I mean, Randy Couture. <laughs> Randy Couture? <laughs> Kucher, no, uh, I, no, how many, had a, fo a Fabi accent. How many years there. have you lived in this country, Tom? <laughs> Jeez, but he, he keeps fighting. He's forty, you know. He's, he has the heart of a champion, you know. I, I just it disheartens me, or just kind of breaks my heart watching Job just fall that way, you know. <laughs> his his legacy of just constantly being dominant, going to tournaments because he wants to go, but now he's afraid to lose, and he just can't take it like a man. <laughs> Well, 
Um, that's a, that's a, definitely a sufficient bitch calling. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Tom. Um, it's been very fun, and I also I always love uh, having conversations with you about uh, uh, fighting games in general. You're a very smart man and uh, a legend as far as I'm concerned. Thank you again for coming on, man. Okay, thank you very much. All right, man. All right, peace out. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please keep your eyes peeled on uh, avoidingthepuddle.com. And we have a lot of uh, stuff coming up uh, as far as uh, apparel and giveaways and all kinds of shit like that. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, you guys can all go fuck yourself.